Hello everybody, it's Christian Walsh here for the Blood Red Podcast. Andy Kelly's not here, Ian Doyle isn't here, so you're uh, stuck with me this weekend I'm afraid. Uh, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll soldier on and thankfully, although the manager in the dugout isn't the best, we've got uh, two very, very worthwhile players in our team and uh, that is uh, our Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. Hello. Keeping up with traditions there. And uh, I'm also with Echo Reporter Paul Ghost. Yeah, not too bad, but don't in this, I must admit. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, Julian Nagelsmann, he's uh, he's younger than me and he's just taken charge of a Champions That's League true. game he's at Anfield. He's not younger than no, you, no. rub it in. <laughs> but he he was a defeated manager on um, so maybe he should have been a little bit older. Because uh, thirty year old Julian Nagelsmann uh, oversaw a four two defeat. Uh, James Liverpool were Absolutely enthralling for that first half hour, weren't they? They were, yeah. It was a it was a throwback really to the early months of, of last season um, when we were sport really with Liverpool putting teams away with, with a minimum of fuss. Um, you know, you you, you kind of wondered. You know, you, I, th- I thought the game would pan out the way it, way it did just because the the first leg was so open. But then a little bit of you was thinking you just wonder whether Klopp might rein it in. You know, in the knowledge that you're ahead in the tie anyway. And not take too many risks, but you know it was. It, it reminded me actually of Villarreal, that that semi final. You know the last time Anfield hosted European football in terms of just absolutely blowing a team away. And um, you mentioned obviously Nagelsmann there, and you know, it was it was interesting being at Anfield for his pre match press conference the night before, and he was talking a very good game then about home advantage not being important, and you know I'm not particularly in awe of this place and. I think he, you know, he probably regretted that choice of words because he certainly would have been twenty-four hours later because, um, you know, his players, you could tell they'd never experienced an atmosphere like that because, and I don't think they experienced an attack quite as devastating because with the pace and the movement and the runners from midfield, you know, Liverpool were three up after twenty minutes. It could easily have been four or five. You mentioned the Villarreal game. I remember Marcelino, I think their manager, he, he was running his mouth after the, the, the home leg as well, yeah, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. And, and mad, Klopp, mad celebrations. Yeah, was... Dancing on the pitch yeah, after, yeah. after a 1-0 first leg win. You mentioned there about, about the attack. I mean, personally, I couldn't believe, Paul, how Hoffenheim lined up. I mean, they, they obviously saw in the first leg. We saw after 15 minutes in Germany, Mohamed Salah is is one-on-one with the goalkeeper and he's, he's not offside because... He's the last man, yeah. but he's in his own half, and that's how how mad it was over in Germany. For Hoffenheim to do that again, I mean, yes, it played into Liverpool's hands, but it really looked like Liverpool were were prepared and they knew exactly how to exploit it. And every time they went forward, it just seemed like they were going to score a goal. It did, yeah. Uh, we said last week, didn't we? It was really open, typical Klopp type of game, and the second leg was was even more open. Um, Liverpool blew Hoffenheim away within twenty five minutes, half an hour. And I think that might be something the Klopp looks to do throughout the season. You know, a lot's put on, a lot of questions are asked, can Liverpool keep up that kind of intensity for, for 90 minutes every week for 38 games a season? But if they're three up within half an hour, they won't need to. So they'd, they'll only need to perform at that level for, you know, a third of, of every game and try and get it done and dusted when they can. Um, so that might be something the Klopp looks at for the rest of the season. You talk about Villarreal as well from, from the Europa League campaign. Jürgen Klopp was the manager back then as well, and I think Liverpool fans maybe have become a little bit accustomed to doing things the hard way. I mean, of course, Dortmund, we all remember that. But that's two 
two decent European opponents there that have been disposed of quite easily and okay different scenarios in terms of one was with a 1-0 deficit the other was with a 2-1 lead but it, I think it's easy to forget that you know Jurgen Klopp took Borussia Dortmund to a Champions League final Yeah, he's taken them to I think he got them to a, certainly a semi-final as well he's he knows how to play these games doesn't he and, and, and just ignoring the Premier League for a moment you, you look at the Champions League and, and you think Liverpool have got a real chance here. You look at what Monaco did last season and, and that sort of vibrant attack. Liverpool could replicate that, couldn't they? Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously Klopp's you know, brand of football is is very bold and, and attacking. Um but he also has shown that he you know he's not just a one trick pony. You know, that that Villarreal um away leg was was a time when he really did set Liverpool up just to just to contain and do a job. And I think you know, you can you can question whether Liverpool have got the personnel to adequately do a job like that. But I think there will be times this season when when he does set Liverpool up. But I don't think it was. You know, I think that was that was the game plan against Hoffenheim was because he. I think he. It was interesting watching the first leg over there. How annoyed he was at the the openings that Liverpool wasted, mm. not in terms of not taking chances, but just not getting in the right areas where he felt, especially when they countered and got the ball back. The amount of space in behind, and you could tell he was like kicking himself and raging and throwing his arms in the air where you know the ball didn't go into the right place to release to relate um, release even Mane and Salah, um, and that was the big difference the other night was that when Liverpool attacked, it was so much slicker and quicker and you know obviously Firmino, Mane, um, and Salah probably to a slightly lesser degree were just were just absolutely immense on the night. But I think I think you're right. I think. People sometimes do you know, maybe forget that Klopp does have this you know, real European pedigree, and you know, especially with the draw Liverpool have been given as well. You know, it it does it does give you that hope that you know not only are they back in the Champions League, but can actually go some distance in it. Talk about the draw in a moment. Just well before we do that, in terms of the atmosphere, I mean, I, I was thinking back and. I think that's the first proper Champions League night Liverpool have had since Real Madrid four 0 Back in two thousand and nine, because the season after was uh, Rafa's final season, uh, Leon de Brechen and um, uh, Fiorentina, nothing happened there. Of course, you remember Ludogorets, uh, a nearly two one win uh, could have easily been one one. Real they were blown away by a very good team. And then of course they went on to Bal. So it's been a long time for a club that is so steeped in Champions League tradition, and everyone talks about these famous Champions League nights. And Klopp's relationship is is all, with the fans is all about you know pushing the team over the line. How important is that going to be, Dorsey, going forward? Yeah, you've certainly got a point. I mean, you, you look at when Brendan Rodgers took over, you, you could name maybe Udinese and Anzi, and then you're really struggling to, to think of the, the games even, um, Zenit. But with, when Klopp came in, you've got obviously the, the two legs against Manchester United, uh, you know, they they were huge the first European meeting between the two teams and obviously Liverpool went through that Dortmund game was, was one of the, the the greatest nights in Anfield's European history even though it wasn't in the Europa League and again that that Villarreal game when he went through in the second leg so within eighteen months he he has sort of developed the you know he sort of brought Liverpool back to to that kind of European not so much powerhouse because they've got a long way to go in the Champions League but Gravitas isn't it it, it, it almost but, yeah, feels like people will watch Liverpool on the television again there's a European football and Liverpool football club um, which hasn't been there for the last five years yeah the Europa League feels like a sort of set up the, the Champions League run and mm. we'll move on to that because 
I think the atmosphere for Liverpool's first Champions League game back in the competition proper, if you will, should be electric because it's severe. And we all know what Sevilla did to Liverpool last time. I think there's going to be a lot of talk about revenge. We'll talk about the draw now. I mean, it, it couldn't have gone any better, could it? I think I think I saw a statistic that statistically Liverpool drew two of the worst sides in the respective pots and the second worst side yeah. in Sevilla. So they couldn't have asked for any more, especially when it could have been Dortmund and Real Madrid. No, I think yeah, you think you're right. I think if Klopp had been had been picking the balls himself, he probably would have gone for something very similar. Shevchenko um, does a favour again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, I think even obviously Spartak from pot one. Um, you know, I think they're only mid table aren't they at the moment in mm. the Russian league. Um, you know, John Bradley of LFC TV fame, uh, who covers a lot of Russian football, was telling me earlier on in this week. He said, you know, you desperately want Spartak. You know, he was saying that um, that they are no nowhere near that. You know, the force they were obviously last season when they won the Russian league. Um, Sevilla, you know, obviously there is a, an extra edge to that game because of the the memories still fresh of the 2016 Europa League final. But you know they aren't. I don't think they're anywhere near where they were at. You know when obviously they won three Europa League titles in a row, um, lost a few players, and then obviously Maribor of Slovenia. Um, you know I think again you know that shouldn't hold any concerns whatsoever. I think probably a little bit of me was maybe a little bit underwhelmed by the draw just because I think because you're back in the Champions League. It's a bit Europa League-ish, isn't it? Yeah, it could have been. It could almost yeah. been a Europa League group, couldn't it? I think and. You know, you a little bit. Of me was thinking I would have quite liked a Real Madrid or a Dortmund or, um, or even you know a Barcelona. You know, just because you know, you're back in the Champions League, you want want those want those massive nights back. But you know, they can they can keep for later on in the competition. This get through that group stage first, and then the, the big boys can come along in the knockout stages. It's not wrong with the last sixteen tires no, they were Barcelona. No, we'll I think, that. Yeah, that's fine. And you know, it's it's. Looking at the fixtures, how they fall as well. I think everything has almost worked in Liverpool's favour because, the, you know, for example, the the Merseyside derby in December, Liverpool have got Spartak at home, whereas Everton have got a potential, uh, you know, decided against uh, Limassol in Cyprus away, and it just seems to, it's all it's fall. I think Chelsea when Liverpool play Chelsea the week before Chelsea have got to travel all the way to, uh, I think it's uh, Baku maybe, or certainly somewhere far away, whereas Liverpool are, are, are only over in Maribor. So it's worked out in that sense. Could Liverpool conceivably, I mean, I think we're all saying Liverpool should definitely qualify and it would be quite disappointing if they weren't top of the group, to be honest. They got Sevilla at home, Spartak away, and then a double head with Maribor. Could they have qualification sealed up by mid-November? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, Sevilla's the one, isn't it? Um, fancy Liverpool against anyone at Anfield. Um, doesn't matter who it is, really. Um, and then after that, you, you really would fancy them. Maribor home and away. Spartak, uh, Moscow, as uh, James was saying there, that they're not up so much at the moment in their own league. So there's no reason why Liverpool can't get nine, ten points first four games. And, you know... That's it, isn't that's it? it? Sure, like that's, that's pretty much it. 12, Twelve points gets you through, doesn't it? Straight away. So, um, you know, ten from twelve and, and happy days. And then, then you're talking about you know the idea of four competitions juggling, and that would be, yeah. be a brilliant little boost, wouldn't it? If basically two dead rubbers to play. Yeah. I watched Sevilla against Istanbul back a year, and to be honest, they're, they're, they're a bit of a shadow of what they were, and they've got a new manager, but there's no there's no fear there, and. Um, you know, Klopp was in a point move today. We'll move on to what he said in his press conference. Yeah, he was 
he was in good form, wasn't he? he you know, was. he was, he's, you, can, yeah, you can tell yeah. that he's been buoyed by what what's happened over the past week. Yeah, he, I think he he knows that 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 was immense in midweek. Just in terms of, you know, I know he's not. He, he whenever you ask him about him personally, he tries to deflect it and say, you know, it's not about me. It's about the club. It's about the team, the fans, all the rest of it. But for him, that was huge because when he came in, you know, that was his first big target to get Liverpool back in the Champions League. Um, you know, obviously they had one huge opportunity to do that when they reached the Europa League final. They squandered that, um, but. You know, this time, you know, he talked. About, I think it was on the, the day, night before, the night before the game against Hoffenheim, talked about taking the next step, and and this time they didn't stumble. They, you know, they did it very impressively. And you know, I think he feels as if what Liverpool should now take take from this, you know, is huge. And you know, in terms of the the, the confidence factor, and I think he feels as well. You know, he, he sometimes gets criticised maybe for showing too much faith in 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 the current players he's got. But he, you know, he he spoke today about how. You know he, the improvement he's seen in players who have helped Liverpool get to that level, and he, and he still thinks there's development there for them to be able to to really kick on. Um, but yeah, it's it, it did it just did just feel like a, a really important milestone for him in terms of his Anfield reign. And you know now you know having you know Liverpool's expectation should never just be to get back amongst Europe's elite. Now now they're there. You know, it has to be a, a catalyst to to really kick on and and challenge for the big prizes again. I don't think he could have done it much sooner either, really. He come in in mid October in the two thousand and fifteen uh, results was failing a bit, so he's come in in a bit of a handicap to begin with. So that first season was just sort of to acclimatise and, and you know see work his squad out. Um, the, the first full season he's finished fourth, again with the squad that Liverpool have got. There couldn't be any grumbles at that. Um, so to achieve Champions League as he has you know he couldn't have done it any quicker so I think it's it's been a, a massive achievement really for Jürgen Klopp you said there with the squad Liverpool have got I mean is it is it one criticism not necessarily of Klopp but the, this this where we are at the moment I know we talked about transfers a lot Will Klopp spoke about transfers himself he was asked about them but is it is it weird that we're now sort of still saying with the you know, with the squad Liverpool have got when they are now a full Champions League side, is it? It's been a frustrating summer, obviously. Jan Klopp's alluded to that and basically said it's not Liverpool's fault. It's 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 the clubs who won't do business. At, at what point does that? You know, at what point does that not serve as an not as an excuse because they've done really well? But do we just have to say this is the squad they've got? It's a Champions League qualifi- qualifying squad. They've got to, whether whether or not they've got the new players or not, they've got to move on to the next level now. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think you know obviously obviously if Liverpool hadn't got past Hoffenheim, the, the last few days would have been absolutely dominated by transfer talk and inquests into into why this summer has gone the way it has. Um, you know because because Liverpool won and won in such style, it kind of it kind of mutes that somewhat. But it was interesting club choice of words at Melwood today. You know he was asked about transfers and the potential of more incomings before Thursday's deadline, and you know he said that you know he was asked whether effectively getting into the group stage of the Champions League would influence what the club did now. I think you know in terms of a have they got more money to spend and b. Will it be easier to attract the players he wants now that they can offer guaranteed Champions League football? And he, he, his response was, well, well, no, because the ones we wanted were already convinced. Um, he said, you know, we didn't have to say to them, you know, we'll ring you back if we get back in the group stage and, 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 and then we'll try and do a deal. 
he said, you know, it's not about money. You know, that's the other criticism. People, because Liverpool haven't done that much business, people will point and say, our FSG giving him the backing that he wants and needs. Klopp again said, you know, it's not about the money. He said it's about, you know, it just comes down to sometimes you can do a deal, sometimes you can't, which, you know, effectively was him saying, you know, the, those clubs who own those players, i.e. Leipzig with Keita, uh, Southampton with Van Dijk, aren't willing to sell. Um and it, you know, at the moment, there's no sign of Liverpool moving on to a Plan B, and you know, I think that's probably where there is a fair debate: is why have Liverpool not moved on to a Plan B? Because you know, even from the other night, you know, and it felt almost wrong to kind of go on about negatives on a night where Liverpool have performed so impressively going forward. But defensively, again, you know, two such soft goals. Um, you know, Lovren giving it away cheaply for the first one, second one. You know, I know Klopp today defended Lovren and said it wasn't his fault. The second one, when Wagner headed in, said that I think he was saying that Gomez, I think he was on by that point, just should have shut down the cross. Um, but again, you know, too too easy um, getting at this Liverpool team. I mean, and in that case, it's two mistakes, isn't it? And, yeah. and that's the thing, you know, yeah. if, if, if you're defending. One mistake's fine as long as the other one isn't is it as long as it's atoned for elsewhere. But if yeah. you've not got somebody to atone for that, that's where the problems lie. Yeah, and I think that's the thing because also, and you know, the, you know, all right, Hoffenheim were no mugs, but you know they're the fourth best team or whatever in the Bundesliga last season. If Liverpool are serious about making a, an impression in the knockout stages of the Champions League, well, you, you're not going to blow away a Real Madrid or a, a Bayern Munich, you know. You, you're gonna need to defend properly and limit them to, to, to you know less than a handful of chances, and that's where you feel as if Liverpool are still weak. Um, and at the moment, you know the way the Klopp was talking, you know you, it almost you get the sense that you know if if Southampton don't suddenly change their stance with Van Dijk, that it will be a a quiet end to the window um, for Liverpool and. You know, I think I think that's where the debate will rage on. You know, should should Klopp have lowered his sights and and gone for another option? Um, you know, but there's no there's no sign of him doing that. And you know, again today, you know, he was talking up the talent at his disposal. You know, again referring to James Milner as as like a new signing in midfield. You know, I'm sure there were some groans over that comment. But you know, that's this is the Klopp this is the Klopp way, isn't it? So. Um, that's my only fear at the moment. It almost feels a bit like last summer, where I don't think you could. The business Liverpool have done this summer has actually been been excellent. You know, you look at you know Salah, huge hit already, only going to get better. Solanke, you know, surpassed everyone's expectations. Robertson, I know, you know, only early days, but you look at his debut last weekend. But it feels as if Liverpool haven't done enough, and we were saying that this time last year. And then obviously come December, January time, that was proved right when injuries bit Sadio Mane went off to the Africa Cup of Nations and Liverpool were were found to be uh, wanting depth-wise and you, you, there's still that nagging feeling that history might repeat itself. You did forget two new signings there, which are both Daniel Sturridge, according to Adam Lovana. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Um, I mean, everyone talks about the centre-back and, and I think... We're all in agreement, aren't we, Paul? That Liverpool probably could do with tightening up at the back. But is the is the squad in general not still not a little bit short? So you look at look at the midfield, and I know Coutinho is out, I know Lavan is out, but I'm looking at that side, and, I, and I'm thinking, 
if if if, if Mane or Salah get injured, then then that's a big cog of, of, of that wheel sort of taken away. And it just feels a bit like James said last last summer, well last season, you're sort of at the froze of, of of fate, aren't you? In terms of you know you've yeah. just got to you've just got to get a, a clean run, no injuries. You know it seemed like Tottenham managed to do that for largely for uh, for most of the season. Number one, can Liverpool do that? And, and number two, should they have to? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Klopp places so much emphasis on his wide players and their pace and their power going forward and. You looked at what they did the other night. When it all clicks, it's great, and you know, it's superb to watch. And, and it's got Klopp shouting, "This is football on the sidelines." But all it takes is an injury to Mane and or Salah, and there's no one to come in who's who's of similar ilk. Not not so much of of quality because they are top quality, particularly Mane. But there's no one a, a similar type of player. They've just allowed Sheosio to go on loan, and he's a natural wide man. So. If there Ryan are, Kent hasn't hasn't played. I don't think he's made a competitive appearance. Certainly not yeah. league appearance. Um, and likewise, Harry Wilson. So if either of those get injured, what do you do? Klopp always says he doesn't have a plan B with his transfers. Does he have one with the squad? It's an interesting point because you're looking at sort of something maybe. I mean, obviously Coutinho can play there, but it's it's a different type of type of yeah, setup, different yeah. type of system. Firmino can play out there, but it's not the same. Again, you, you, you no matter exactly. what you're putting in there, it's, it's not the same, is it? You know, Coutinho's the wing ten, as Klopp likes to say. Um, Firmino is now the, the number nine. He's not the false nine anymore, is he? He's the literal and, and you know, the, the, the forward. Um, but, yeah, the, the options are stretched. Talk about Coutinho there, of course. would be remiss not to mention him yet again. He could be going over to Brazil, which... No, he's he's so he's he's got a he's got a bad back. He's he's virus. he's got a virus. Um, you know he's gonna have two fakes soon, I reckon. Um, I mean, understandably, Klopp can't can only straight bat it because it's 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 in the rules. They called him up. He has to release him. I think. I think that's how the rules yeah. go, isn't it? Has yeah. to release them. They'll assess him. They'll send them back. Doesn't look good though, does he? If 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 Coutinho's not played for Liverpool yet, and then he's happily packing his bags and heading over to Brazil for the World Cup qualifier, surely that 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 he's hung by his own petard. Yeah, I mean it would be interesting to see how it it pans out. I think to to be honest, Klopp was asked about it today, and it, you know he 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 expects Coutinho to go away with Brazil. Like, I almost get the impression off Liverpool that they wouldn't have a problem with it, just because I think they think it might well do him good to just get away. You know, clear his head. You know, back in his homeland amongst friends and family, and um, and then you know, hopefully after the internationals come back, draw a line on under it and and move on. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I certainly don't sense there's any kind of you know ill feeling at Liverpool towards the fact that if he does go, uh, but you're right, it doesn't look good. I think I think more it's more to do with how the fans will perceive it. If you know he hasn't been, you know, it's been over three weeks now since he. Since he trained, um, you know the debate will rumble on about, you know, is this back injury just you know been a tool that he's used to to try and engineer the move? And you know, Liverpool again, Klopp, you know, speaking about it today, it was adamant that you know, it, you know, as far as he's concerned, he's on the injured list. Um, so you know, you can only you know people say, oh, you know, he's making it up, but you can only you know you ask the question, you print the answers, and people at Liverpool. Say that you know he 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 was turning up for treatment sessions, um, with the medical staff 
for everyone. He, he hasn't gone on strike. The only reason he wasn't at Melwood earlier on this week was because he was told to stay away because of this virus. Um, but yeah, it won't look good if he if he goes and plays for Brazil. It, would, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Um, Probably because on the field, because it gives him a bit of you know, yeah. it gives him a, it gives him actually a bit of competitive football. You know, yeah. it's. it's not too bad then but you just but then again you just wonder if even if you're the Brazil manager you know how much use is Coutinho going to be if when he hasn't kicked a ball for for well you know it'd be the best part of the month then won't it Um, so yeah it's going to be going to be interesting to see how that how that one pans out next week I'll tell you what will be interesting as well I haven't seen the Dutch squad Ree van Dijk I can't see him because he hasn't played since, since January he's not the one struck down with the virus isn't he transfer <laughs> yeah. or something <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but players like to talk don't they on international duty and it'll just be quite interesting to see you know whether whether players will be willing to, to speak out to the to their home mm. media you know and sort of labour what's happened over the summer yeah well it's a bit of a different dynamic to this Deadline day, isn't it? As well, the fact that it falls in an international break, and maybe Liverpool are thinking as well. If he's if he's what five thousand miles away in Brazil, then there's uh, there's not much chance of Barcelona getting their hands on him before uh, next Thursday's deadline. And but I think you know that will that will, that will be you know it'd be a headache. I think for a lot of the international managers that next week, those players whose future is still up in the air. Because I think I think Bar- Barca um, Barcelona Brazil actually play. Play on on deadline day. I think it is, or on on a few hours either side of the of the deadline. Um, so you know, and you're going to have players wanting to to jet off and have medicals, and it's so it's it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out next week. Well, Didier Deschamps for France has basically imposed his own deadline. He said he wants anyone who's involved in the transfer to be have it sorted by the twenty seventh. I think. Right. So, you know, whether whether that's going to be enforced, uh, but he's trying at least. I'm sure Killian and Bap's absolutely delighted about that, by the way. <laughs> absolutely made up. Um, okay, so there will be no Coutinho again at the weekend. Didn't expect anything differently. Maybe no chance Alexander Arnold either. He's 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 a, he's a bit of a doubt with a with a dead leg after yeah, the half and half. Yeah, game. he was forced off in the in the second half the other night, and uh, you know I think they're just waiting to see how he responds to to treatment on that. Um, you know, just hope that I think he, he may well have given him a breather. On Sunday, anyway, considering how well Gomez did against Palace last weekend, um, but yeah, you just hope that Trent would be okay, regardless of whether he makes this weekend to go away with under twenty ones. Obviously, massive for him to get that first call up. Um, but yeah, it's not a, nothing, nothing major. I think probably a bigger concern was, is obviously Emery Cham went for a scan on Thursday. Um, you know, I think Liverpool have played it down, and Klopp himself said it today it's not serious. Um, and I think it was it was a time in the first half the other night where he he went down after it looked like he turned his ankle, um, but uh, you know even even just for him to be missing on Sunday would be a, a huge setback because we you know we spoke earlier about the lack of depth in certain areas and that is certainly one at the moment because you know you wouldn't want Chan missing against Arsenal because you know I think one of the big things the other night was you know aside from how brilliant Liverpool's front three was were, was the fact. You know the areas that Chan and Wijnaldum got into, which you know those you know running late from deep that just didn't get picked up, and you know for to to lose Chan on the back of you know because you know he'll be you know absolutely you know full of beans after scoring those two goals would would be a, a loss, and then obviously you've got the added complication of Wijnaldum's been back in Holland the last couple of days for the birth of his son. 
that um, the clock, clock didn't know about. Clock didn't yeah. know about. Yeah, yeah. There was a comedy moment at the press conference when uh, Klopp said, "Well, we'll, we'll wait until the baby's born, and then we'll see." And they had to break the news to him that the baby had been born, and the press officer got uh, got daggers for uh, for not informing him. And and Klopp was moaning the fact that he doesn't use social media, and if he did, he might have uh, he might have seen Genie's post. Thinking he use social media, he won't be Liverpool manager anymore. <laughs> the, um, so yeah, and then suddenly. You know, uh, I think you know, he he basically said when Alden will you know be but will be back around. Um, but yeah, if 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 there, if there is no chance, then you know that does worry you somewhat because then obviously you know Milner Milner comes into that midfield and doesn't have quite the, the you know the the same kind of dynamism, energy, and and kind of creativity as well. And and, and this is the thing in terms of. You know, I th- I think personally I would have been tempted to go same again against Arsenal just because there's an international break coming up. We can get another ninety minutes out of you guys. That's fine, no problems. As you say, dile- dilemmas will will be uh, will be will be brought up here. I mean, I thought Channing and Alden personally that was probably their best game playing together in that six of the eight. And it, you look at you look at that Arsenal team. They're there to be got out, aren't they? Because they're, they're yeah. going to be very similar to Hoffenheim. So Liverpool, in theory, should probably set up in a similar way, but changes to personnel could scupper that. It could, yeah. Um, I've talked to James before on the way up to Marwood, and we were saying it could be a similar thing to uh, Wednesday, where Liverpool just come flying off the traps and they try to put Arsenal to bed early on. Um, I think if there is a team that would be ideal to, to play that way against, it is Arsenal because they like to play football themselves and and they're quite open and they're not the most. Uh, steady at the back of the or in midfield, but if Klopp does have to, you know, reshuffle his pack with one or two injuries, and you know, hopefully Chan will be okay because I think he had one of his best performances in the pool shirt yeah. the other night. Um, so ho- hopefully Chan will be okay, and you know, no problem with Gomez starting the right back. That's fine, but um, I think the pool can really. Uh, you know, put down a marker on, on Sunday. Three man defence for Arsenal as well. Very similar to Hoffenheim. I know they yeah. changed it. Nagelsmann changed it after twenty minutes or, or whatever. But you know, Mane and Salah could certainly find spaces yeah, behind Oxley Chamberlain, Bellerin, whoever they play. You drag those centre backs out wide and then you can cause all kinds of problems, can't you? Yeah, they they are they're they're brittle, aren't they, Arsenal? Like even you know, it was a fantastic game there's against Leicester on the opening well, the opening night of the the season, but you know they are they are suspect. You you can definitely get at them, and you know, we've kind of been saying the same thing for years, haven't we? Like that kind of soft centre where you, when things are going are going against them, I, I don't think they've got too many mm-hmm. too many leaders and big personalities that can dig them out of a hole. I think we saw that at Anfield last season didn't we, where Liverpool, you know, did get at them early on, and you know, and effectively had the game won within the first twenty twenty five minutes. Um, and I'm sure they'll go with a you know the club will go with a very similar approach and you know, it is a it's a big game because I think if you if 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 Liverpool can get the three points Sunday I think suddenly you know everyone takes a takes a breath at the end of the, the, the kind of the first section of the season and when you think the the problems that have been thrown in their path with you know Lalana's injury obviously losing Klein and then the whole Coutinho saga. Um, you know, if, if Liverpool can get th- get to the international break with what seven points out of out of nine, and, and in the group stage of the Champions League, 
you know, I think anyone would have taken that before a ball was kicked. I think the players and Klopp need commending, don't they, for for dealing with all those sorts of distractions. Yeah, because it just would have been an easy excuse, wouldn't it? I think you know you could have pointed to that and as an unsettling factor, um, especially just how important Coutinho is because it was, you know, he, he was so key to the way Liverpool played last season, um, you know, and to, you know to lose him and and Lallana as well, you know, two two such big players. Um, you know, is and the way they've handled it is, has been has been has been brilliant, and so many have stepped up and and filled that void. You know, none more so than the Mane who you know I, I thought he was absolutely sensational the other night, and you know it was it was great to see you know that bond that he's got with with the supporters now because uh, you know I think it's fair to say that uh, Coutinho's got a hell of a lot of making up to do, and uh, um certainly the. The, the cop has has got a new hero in the in the form of Sadio Mane. It's quite heartwarming, isn't it? Because every everyone who you speak to about Mane, Klopp included, just says what a what a nice fella he is. I mean, he's give you a hug, hasn't he? <laughs> if I asked for an interview, <laughs> yeah. and he said, I, I I can't got time for an interview. Can I just give you a hug? I mean, that that's was, that's, yeah. that's all you want. He's got the the magical combination of top draw talent and work ethic, hasn't he? Yeah. And not every player's got that. I think if if you can get those two. Qualities and merge them together, and that's when you have got a player, and Mane is one. I tell you what else he's got as well. He's got that bit of needle. I mean, we saw that against Hoffenheim. Yeah, you yeah. know, he was getting booed by the fans, and he thought by the Hoffenheim fans, and he just thought, just got to, just got to intensify the atmosphere yeah. here a little bit, g up the crowd, but also he's not scared to have a little little chat. Did he get booked for the sense? He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so yeah. he's. I mean, it might come back to bite him one day, but it's it's good to see just that little bit of little bit of knock, little bit of needle in him. Yeah, you know, so say the build don't have enough, so always welcome to see. He's the he's the closest thing, and I'll probably get shot down for this. He's the closest thing to Suarez Liverpool have got since they've looked, since he lost them. I mean, he's bec- he's becoming almost Suarez like in the in terms of his importance to the team, and you know, and, and Liverpool not being able to to play. You know, they're a different team with him than they are without him. No one comes close to to giving what he gives, and you know, it's amazing to think that you know what would he be worth this summer if you know it was. When when you think you know myself included, I must admit when Liverpool bought him, I wasn't a hundred percent convinced because he when I, you know when I'd seen him, he'd been quite inconsistent for Southampton. Didn't always get in the team, did he? Under Koeman there, I remember him coming off the bench against Liverpool, and um, and obviously there've been you know, whispers about his attitude, and I think he'd been fined on for turning up late, and um, and then now you know it's just unbelievable. I was looking at the stats, and I think you know he's only played seventeen games at Anfield, and I think it's ten goals. Five assists, you know, for a winger, which is, which is crazy, um, and just he has been just an absolute model of consistency. And when you throw into the mix as well the fact that he missed half a pre-season this summer with coming back from that knee injury, it was only when Liverpool went to Germany that he started training again properly. You know, he he would have been one that you you know you would have you would have probably said you know you can't expect too much too soon from from Mane this year, but he's you know he's just raised the bar you know, rid- ridiculously and. You know, he, well, he scored in both Premier League games so far. You know, absolutely tormented Hoffenheim in both legs, and uh, yeah, it was. You know that that you know it's been a long time since a player got the kind of ovation that he got at Anfield when he was substituted late on the other night. Let's and see. he's got eight, he's got five in his last five against Arsenal as well. So that's you know, augurs well, doesn't it? It certainly does. Yeah, it certainly augurs well if he starts say like Bellerin right back for example because you can really see him get him getting behind because Bellerin yeah. likes to go forward but I don't think he likes to get back too much 
Um, I think we'll we'll call it a day there, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a decent little game I think against Arsenal. Go on, give us quick predictions then. Go on, Ghosty. Um, three one to Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. I was just checking. I'm gonna go for another four two to Liverpool. Yeah, four two Liverpool. Yeah. I'll go for. Do you know what? I'll go. For, I'll go for a routine. I never predict Liverpool win. I'll go for a routine two nil. Two nil. I think it'll, sheet, I, yeah, yeah. I have a clean sheet. I think the Miggle the Miggle there uh, will pull out the stops and. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that'll do us for this week then. Three points for Liverpool. Join us next week when we'll talk about the Arsenal game and then probably decide how the hell we're gonna deal with no football for a week. But then transfer window. Transfer isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely be back for that, maybe, as long as no one's found James and killed him. <laughs> so uh thanks for joining us this week. We'll be back at the start of next week. Uh so Thank you for joining us today. Have a lovely weekend. Bank holiday and all. Thank you. Bye. Ook bewust bezig zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 20,50 per maand met de Huawei P20 Lite. Nu met 300 minuten of sms'jes en 1000 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl. Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.